When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, you been busy today? (laughs) What about you, Joe? It's a little crazy, man. Well, uh, the Indians wasted no time after the uh, the All-Star break, uh, during the All-Star break, to to go ahead and pull the trigger on a, a move that that sort of reshapes the bullpen for the, the the stretch run in the second half here. They acquire Brad Hand and Adam Simber from the San Diego Padres in exchange for the uh, the highly touted uh, catching prospect Francisco Mejia. Uh, Paul, what do you think of the trade? Your your initial gut reaction, and uh, do you think that the, the the price that was paid to get Hand and Simber was appropriate? Uh, I think it's a great deal, Joe. I really do. I think this is just what they needed. It reminds me uh, of the 2016 deal to get Andrew Miller. Only you get two relievers instead of one. You know, I think Hand is, uh, uh, you know, a quality closer. Simber, I don't know that much about. It looks like he's, you know, this is his rookie year. He's a little older. It's taken him a while to get to the big leagues. But to me, it looks like he's kind of an emergent setup guy. And, uh, you know, as in all these deals or most of these deals that uh, Chris Antonetti tries to uh, make, it's it's not only for the present, not only helps the Indians this year, but it takes care of a, some big, big questions for them, you know, in 2019, 20 and, and beyond. Because, you know, as you know, Joe, they were losing Cody Allen and, and uh, Andrew Miller and Zach McAllister. Uh, they could they could lose all three of those guys at the end of the year through free agency. So in you know you take care of uh, you kill two birds with one stone here. Yeah, and Antonetti was asked about that in the at the towards the end of his uh, press conference, his availability on uh, his his uh, the, the phone call that we had with him earlier today, uh, saying yeah that this really does sort of let you focus on uh, the present and the, the the stretch run and the playoffs here as opposed to you know thinking about the the future into free agency in the off season when you're, you're going to have to replace Miller and Allen, uh, you, you've got candidates there now as, as it is. Yeah, I think uh, you know this is uh, you know the kind of a classic uh, Antonetti move. Baldo Jimenez, he he made the deal with he sent two number one picks to Colorado, but he had them for a couple years. They were they were kind of painful years, <laughs> except for 2013, the second half when Baldo pitched him into the wild card game. Uh, you know, Miller, you know, they got him for four prospects and, you know, he's in his last year of his deal this year, but, you know, they had him for 2016, 17 and uh, part of the, at least 2018, though he's been, you know, on the DL twice. Um, and I think uh, this is another one of those moves, uh, Brad Hand, you know, one of the best closers in the national league. We haven't seen a lot of them obviously in the American league, but he signed through 2020 uh, even, and if they pick up the option, he's, it's 2021. Um, and, uh, Kim, uh, Simber, 
is, uh, you know, he's a rookie. So they got him for five more years after this year. So, you know, you take care of the future, you take care of the present. And, you know, Joe, they did this so early. What, it's the 18th, 19th? What is it, the 19th, July 19th? The 19th today, yeah. Yeah, so you still got, you know, more than 10, 12, 11, 12 10, 11 days before the deadline to uh, go after some uh, offensive help. All right. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the future there. Uh, Francisco Mejia was always in the conversation of the future of the Indians franchise. This was a a guy who had, you know, a 50-game hitting streak in the minor leagues, and he was the the sort of it guy for the the future of the Indians. Uh, He talked in the same way as you did with uh, Francisco Lindor and and, uh, all the young pitching prospects like Bieber and Pluko and all those guys. does it feel like the Indians sort of moved on from him after there was sort of this uh, this miscommunication about the outfield and whether there was an opportunity there? Or was this just his value was was what brought back Hand and, and Simber in return? Well, I think, yeah, that's a good point, Joe. I think it was a little of both. Obviously, you know, from Antonetti, to what Antonetti told us on the conference call, they couldn't, they, they might not have gotten either one of these guys if Mejia wasn't in the deal. Uh, you know, the second part, you know, I, I did sense some confusion or maybe, uh, you know, not confusion, but a little, uh, I think the Indians were kind of mystified that this, that Mejia didn't recognize the opportunity that they were they were kind of laying at his feet here. That he had a chance to come to the big leagues, if you know he would he would kind of take it to heart and try to play the outfield. And I don't know just how hard he tried. Uh, you know, we don't see him. You know, the reports were all decent. You know, I talked to him once when he came up for a day in Chicago. Uh, that he was having fun in left field. He didn't like right field so much. But uh, right field was the spot where he was going to play, especially after the injury to to Chisinau. Uh, So I I don't know if there was a little disconnect there. And, you know, Joe, the thing that always sticks in the back of my mind is they were willing to trade this guy in 2016. Uh, You know, they they put him in a batch with four prospects for Lucroy, and Lucroy turned the deal down. Uh, And, you know, and yes, he improved. And yes, I think he's going to be a big league hitter. I really think he he can swing the bat, but you know I think you know what happened this year with you know maybe a little reluctance for of him to play the outfield and what happened in in uh, the Arizona Fall League when they wanted him to play third base and you know he rarely played third base in the Arizona Fall League he he spent most of the time DHing uh, I don't know if that played into it you know he's awful young you know twenty two years old. You don't want to, you know, kind of label a, a player like that, you know. And uh, he was blocked here. I think he, uh, you know, with with uh, you know with with Gomes and, and Perez both signed a multi-year deals. So I don't know if that. I think that played a part in it. You know, they can say what they want, but I think that ultimately, you know, that made him a little more expendable. Yeah, I, I, I Terry Francona did sort of bristle at the the characterization of a, a disconnect between the two. Uh, he, he was not too thrilled. Uh, we posted a story about that and, and just said, you know, this is the case. One guy saying one thing. Well, and one he's guy the guy that said it. Isn't he? He's the one that brought it up. Right. <laughs> but uh, you could, you could tell that Francona was 
disappointed, I guess, is the best way to, to put it, that, that this opportunity was in front of Mejia and he just isn't or wasn't, you know, grasping it and going with it. That, uh, a 22-year-old kid with a chance to get to the, to the big leagues right in front of him and he's not doing everything that's in his power to, to, to get there. And, and uh, I think that really did sort of play into their willingness to part with such a, a valuable high prospect. Yeah, I think, you know, we've you know, I saw him in spring training. Uh, he can really swing the bat. He's, he's not that big a guy, but he's got a lot of pop. And, uh, you know, I think he, you know, he had a great June at AAA. He's only 22. He's at AAA. What, he hit 450 or something for right. the month. Uh, you know, he can swing the bat. And uh, I think he's in a better, probably a better spot in San Diego, you know, a rebuilding team where he's going to get a chance, you know, a legitimate chance to come up and, and, and maybe catch, you know, obviously he wants to be a catcher. That's his favorite spot. And I think he'll get a chance there. And, and I think the Indians too made this move knowing that there's a little bit of depth at that catching position beyond just Perez and uh, Gomes with the big league club. Uh, Eric Haas is having an, an outstanding season at AAA uh, behind the plate uh, for the Clippers. I, I think he was a, a player of the week a couple of times uh, in, in the International League. So, you know, he's, he's swinging the bat well. He's doing everything he needs to, to do. Uh, you know, if there is something catastrophic and, and they have to promote, you know, uh, they're, they're more comfortable to do that uh, and, and, and trade Mejia if, if Haas is the guy that they're going to bring up. Yeah, and I think, you know, they've got a couple other – Logan Ice is, is a catcher. Uh, you know, they've, they've got some different guys. They drafted a catcher, you know, with the number one pick this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think they do have some depth. And Haas, like you were saying, Joe, he had a really good spring. He really impressed them. You know, he's, he's not a young – he's not a spring chicken, you know. He's, 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 he's been around for a while. They had to put him on the, uh, the 40-man during the uh, – during the winter, or they would have, could have lost him in the Rule Five, and he's you know rewarded that uh, faith in him. And you know, I would not be surprised if he's up here in September. Uh, you mentioned the the draft pick uh, Bo Naylor uh, hit his first professional home run in a Arizona League uh, uh, game recently. So you know, there's there's something there if that's a, a kid who, who sticks at the uh, catcher position as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not saying he's coming from the Arizona Fall League oh, to the big oh, no. leagues. But, uh, but uh, you know, but I know, I mean, and he could maybe make this, you know, all the scouting reports say he could make a switch, maybe the third base or second base. But, you know, obviously they drafted him as a catcher. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then, you know, who knows? He's four or five years away, probably. Right. Uh, all right. Let's just uh, dive right into Brad Hand and uh, Adam Simber and, and what they sort of bring to the club. Uh, you know, and where we see them and where the Indians see them uh, fitting in. Does, does Brad Hand take over the closer job from Cody Allen or is your, or does your all-time uh, franchise leader in, in saves uh, sort of get the first crack at that? It's similar to the situation when they brought in Miller in 2016 where Cody Allen sort of turned around and said, hey, you know, whatever we need to do, I'll do. Is, is it different now or, or is it the same? You know, I think I think uh, you know, just when they, when when uh, when Miller came in, you know, I think Francona said we've got a couple guys here. He told them, you know, even before he joined the team, we've got a couple guys here that have established themselves for the last four or five years, and you know, posted every day. And he was talking about Shaw and 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 uh, Cody Allen. 
And I think, uh, you know, and then, you know, Miller said, look, and I'm just a reliever, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'll come in here and do whatever you want me to do. And it really worked out well. Eventually, I think it, you know, uh, it, it, it evolved where uh, Shaw got the seventh inning, Miller was the eighth, and Cody stayed in, in the closers role. And I think you'll see the same thing here. Uh, I think Allen is going to remain as the closer. You know, he's, he's a Francona's guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's really blossomed under him. He's, he's, you know, he's done good stuff for Francona for the last five, six years. Uh, you know, it, Andrew Miller obviously is still hurt. So it's going to be interesting to see how, where, where those two fit, you know, two lefties, you know, and I guess you, you probably can't go wrong, you know, hand pitches in front of Allen uh, and Miller pitches in front of hand or hand or it goes hand Miller, Allen or Miller or, or Miller hand Allen. I mean, you know, this is what they've been missing, Joe. This is, they've been missing Brian Shaw. They've been missing the link to the, uh, to, to the, from the starters to the relief, to the late inning guys. And now they got it. And, and who knows where, uh, Simber fits. And, and you've also got, you know, Neil Ramirez and Oliver Perez who've done a great job. So, you know, now you're talking, you know, maybe uh, if, when Miller gets back, you know, you're talking five guys you can depend on, five, six guys you can depend on. Now, I don't know what happens with the rest of the pen, but uh, it's going to be, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a, a sore spot on the club has gone from, has become, a, a, on paper at least, a very, very strong part of it. Right, and and Han's ability to pitch multiple innings or, you know, get more than three outs in an outing is also something that, you know, could evolve. It, it definitely takes a little more pressure. You're not going to see Cody Allen have to come out for a, a four-out save, uh, may, you know, go in, sit down, come back out, uh, that kind of thing. And it also, you know, the way that Francona – used that bullpen in the 2016 playoffs, getting Allen into games in the fifth, sixth inning, or I'm sorry, getting Miller into the games in the fifth, sixth inning when, when it was a high leverage situation, when he knew he needed outs and then could get a little bit more length out of him after that. Uh, you know, maybe he goes back to that sort of role. And for Simber, I mean, this is a guy uh, we haven't even mentioned. He's, He's got one of the more unorthodox deliveries and stances that you're going to see. I think uh, you're going to have kids all over Northeast Ohio imitating this guy uh, by, the, by the time September rolls around after seeing him a few times. He sort of hunches over uh, on the mound, sticks his rear end out a little bit, and then he's got this uh, what Antonetti called a, a low slot, a sort of sidearm uh, delivery. He didn't. What's the what's the organization's hesitation in saying submarine? I mean, this dude's a submarine pitcher. He comes yeah, down, yeah, right. he, he's like Joe Smith, but uh, you know, he's a guy who's going to be able to match up against right-handed hitters uh, a, a little more. He's he's very effective there. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, Antonetti mentioned a a, a a tweak that he made in his approach to left-handed hitters that allowed him to go left, right, left a little more this year and sort of got him to the big leagues. Uh, after five seasons in the minors, I'm, I'm curious to find out what that tweak was or, or if he's willing or able to, to divulge it. Uh, so we'll hopefully, uh, you know, pry that from him in Texas this weekend. Yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. You know, because, like, you know, you, I guess, you know, if, if you can make yourself, if you, if you can at least get a couple lefties out, then you, then, you know, the manager has trust in you that, hey, if, uh, you know, they pinch hit, 
or or uh, you know they they send in two righties when you when you know he had he you know two lefties you know and and he he can stay in there and and hang in there against them even you know in the face of a pinch hitter and that you know that always makes a, a reliever more valuable uh, so yeah yeah I'm 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 anxious to see this guy too. Joe, I, I think he's gonna. It's gonna be because it sounded like he was kind of emerging as a setup guy in San Diego, and and uh, you know, so and I guess you know just from listening to Antonetti, he doesn't throw that hard, and uh, maybe he's uh, you know, <laughs> what what uh, Darren O'Day maybe along the lines of that. Um, so you know, it's gonna be fun to watch to see just how he does. I may, you know, Steve Oland, uh, for the late closer for the Indians kind of threw from a submarine, uh, spot. And, uh, so we'll see Joe how Smith, that works. Joe Smith. I mean, why yeah. Joe Smith is the obvious, easy yeah, comparison. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And, and, you know, Joe did okay, man. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, just moving forward, uh, Antonetti was asked about, uh, how this, like you said, we've got the, uh, almost the entire rest of the month of, July here, 11, 11 more days uh, to, to try and get something worked out in terms of adding a bat in the outfield or, or possibly an infield bat. Uh, where do you see the Indians going uh, from here? Yeah, well, I, th- I definitely think they're going to get some help. It doesn't sound like they're going to make a move on the infield. I mean, I'd be surprised. They didn't get Machado. I think they kind of withdrew from that fairly early because, uh, what, it cost uh, – Five Dodgers, five, five prospects. So, so I, you know, that's, uh, that, that, you know, I'm, I, I don't know where, the, I think they were in on him, obviously, but I don't know how seriously they were in on him. I would think, uh, you know, for the time being, they're going to call up Milky Cabrera probably tomorrow in, in uh, Texas, put him on the roster. And, uh, but I still think they're going to add an outfielder, as you've been pointing out, and, and you know, center field, the right fielder, you know, they need a right-handed hitter. So I think, you know, we, we could still see a deal like that. And if it doesn't happen by July, uh, the you know, the non-waiver deadline on July 31st, I still think it could happen in August because, you know, that's when they uh, added Jay Bruce. So uh, it's, it, it makes it a little more difficult. But I think, uh, you know, everybody in the deal has to clear waivers. But I think it can still be done. Right. And uh, it's funny you mentioned center field as well. Uh, Greg Allen. Uh, option back to AAA uh, as part of the moves to to get the uh, the new arms uh, up with the the club. So if that's an indication, if, if yeah, there's think, ever an indication that at least one outfielder, and that's probably Melky, is uh, is on his way back up, that that should be it. Yeah, um, I would think I, I would think you're right there, Joe. We're also probably going to get an update on Bradley Zimmer and his progress in Arizona. Yeah, uh, that, that did point. not sound good, did it? No, from, from the way Antonetti talked, uh, I, I, I go on, go on, Joe. I, I would, I would be, I would be shocked if we see Zimmer back up with this club yeah. anytime soon, uh, and in in any sort of position to make a contribution. Uh, yeah, to the, to the club. I, I don't know. You know the way that did not. You know, after you know you you hear him talk enough, and you know when somebody doesn't want to say something. I mean that did. <laughs> I don't know if he that would that that was uh, ominous, as uh, Manny Actor would say. <laughs> and that that would be it. All right, yeah. so we head into the uh, the weekend. The uh, the first. Uh, hey, how was the All Star break? I, I didn't even ask you how was uh, how was the All Star game. What what was what really stood out for you from uh, from being in Washington? Uh, 
let's see. It, it was cool. You know, it's, it's always a, a crazy three days. It's like, you know, it's like you're, you're turned upside down for three days. It never really stops, but it was fun. It was, uh, you know, seeing uh, the six Indians players, that was, you know, I thought it like took like 10 minutes to introduce them, you know, when all five of them were in a row there yeah. at, at the pregame introductions before the game. And, you know, they didn't even get to uh, Ramirez. He was with the starters. Uh, yeah, that was fun. And I thought uh, the thing that kind of stood out to me is, you know, they hit 10 home runs, obviously, both both teams. The ball's flying out of there. And it was like uh, the, um, you know, the <laughs> – it, it, what what everyone has feared has come to pass. It's become a an all or nothing game, you know. Strikeouts or home runs, and I, I but I didn't really feel that way. And I thought, you know, the guy that stood out to me was Brantley, kind of old school. He bloops a a, a single in the left field, then he gets a sacrifice fly to add an important run in the tenth inning, and he does it the old you know, the old fashioned way. You know, he's not trying to jack the ball out of out of the park. He's not, you know, that that uh, launch angle. That's not his his style. So. Uh, so that kind of stood out. And, you know, what else stood out to me, Joe, is that, uh, you know, uh, the BBWA, the Baseball Writers Association of America, has a luncheon at every All-Star game. And they invite Manfred, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and, and mm-hmm. Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association. And, and they both talk for about a half hour. And, you know, this is the first time I can remember in, in 10, 12, 13 years where there was really uh, – like a a friction between the two uh, sides that you could really feel, and uh, I'm just I'm I'm ho- I'm glad that the, there's a contract signed through 2021, uh, but uh, this was uh, this was not a friendly uh, a friendly give and take. This was uh, you know they ha- they obviously have some difference of opinions. The players feel they got squeezed in the last uh, contract negotiations. And I just don't know where this is headed. It's, it, it, you know, baseball, they haven't had a strike in 19, since 1994. You know, they've had years and years of labor peace. But it, it, there was some animosity there in the room. Uh, well, hey, and next year, the, uh, that luncheon, we'll, get, uh, you'll, we'll be, be hosting it here in Cleveland uh, at, at the All-Star break. So what, what did you see from a Cleveland-centered perspective on what to anticipate for next year's All-Star game? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the Indians were out in force. They, a lot of front office people were there, you know, seeing how the, how the Nationals did, you know, just handled everything. And the Nationals did a great job, I thought. Everything was uh, very, you know, it was well run. They, they had, you know, they, they couldn't do anything about the rain, but, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, it, it just seemed like, uh, you know, fans had a great time. The home run derby was, was perfect. You know, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Bryce Harper winning it, fans going in front of the hometown crowd. That was cool. Uh, you know, all the events surrounding it. Uh, you know, the Futures game was really fun. Uh, I think they, they did a great job. And I think the Indians, you know, picked up a lot of tips because, you know, the, the, you know in talking to Dennis Lehman and, and, and uh, Curtis Danberg from the Indians, uh, you know, a lot has changed since the Indians last held the, uh, the, the all-star game in 1997. Um, you know, a lot of more events have, uh, been added. It's, it's become much more community oriented. It's just not centered at the ballpark. There's a lot of stuff going on around the city, you know, different, uh, youth, youth games and, and, uh, things like that. Uh, uh, you know, the fan fest is going to be held at the convention center. There's this 
play ball uh, feature where there's like 65,000 square feet of, you know, areas to play baseball and softball. And that's going to sit right on top of the uh, uh, convention center on, on one of the malls downtown. And uh, I think the Indians have, you know, they, they really don't start serious preparation till August when uh, the all-star game logo is unveiled. And then in September, it, it really starts, you know, they'll start doing work on a convention center. Uh, they'll start, you know, uh, just, you know, the, the planning will take place. Major League Baseball will send a team in to, to you know, discuss what, the, what they're going to do with the Indians. So it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting, you know, it's not even three days anymore. I, just, I think of it as three days, you know, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. But it's almost a week of activities. So it's going to be cool. Right, because those like the All Star Celebrity Game is, is and the Futures Game are on Sunday now, while right. while the the home team is out uh, playing on the road typically at that point. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be cool. All right. Well, uh, we we look forward to kicking off the second half of the season here um, uh, this weekend, and we will uh, be in touch again uh, next week as the uh, the Indians are back home for a homestand. All right, Joe. Take care, man.